All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Torah Studies. This is our weekly look at the soul of the Torah portion, but tonight we do not at all look at the soul of the Torah portion because tonight we're going to focus on the holiday of Shavuot. This is going to be a holiday-focused class. The holiday is coming up this Saturday night into Sunday and into Monday as well. So the holiday, so let's do some word association. Okay? Hi, Rosita. Welcome. Perfect. Um, Rosita, you'll make sure that everything I say is kosher and... Uh, <laughs> Alright, so let's do some quick word association. I'm going to give you a holiday and you tell me the theme of the holiday. Okay, you ready? Passover. There's no wrong answer. Exodus, freedom. freedom, Exodus, great. Uh, let's do Hanukkah. Lights. Lights. Miracle. Miracle. What else? No one's going to give me donuts? Okay, fine. Latkes, thank you. Good. Good. So, Kaniyot, Latkes, Dreidel. Great. Uh, Rosh Hashanah. Apples and honey, shofar. New Year. Great. Shavuot. Ice cream, cheesecake, what else? Blintzes. All right. And the Torah. Okay. Good. Fine. So, the holiday that's coming up, it's a two day holiday in, in Israel, it's a one day holiday. Oh, look at that. One of my favorite podcasts is called The Moth. Yeah. It's a storytelling podcast. You know The Moth? Love The Moth. Anyway, so this is it's an honor. Okay. <laughs> Finally, we have our, our own moth. Um, okay, so the holiday, which is coming up this weekend, actually Sunday, uh, Saturday and Sunday and, and Monday, is Shavuot, and it's known as the festival that celebrates and commemorates the giving of the Torah at Sinai. So if you look around at these... Um, at these flyers. Not only do we have the original tablets before Steve Jobs, these were the tablets, what everyone knew to be tablets. Um, not only that, but we have the year count. It's 3,331 years since we stood at Sinai and received the Torah. And to commemorate this, we have a holiday, a celebration, we read the Ten Commandments in synagogue, it's going to happen Sunday morning, and we eat dairy foods and lots of dairy foods. And you might, you might wonder, why the dairy? Why the cheesecake? Why the ice cream? Why the blintzes? What's going on with the chalavi? What's, what's, with the, uh, what's with the milk products? So for that, you have to come Saturday night. At midnight, I'll be giving a lecture called The Glass of Milk That Changed History. The Glass of Milk at Midnight. It's a midnight lecture. You know sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you're hungry or thirsty? Instead of going to the fridge, come here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we'll have food <laughs> and we'll have drink <laughs> midnight the custom is to stay up the night the night of Shavuot Saturday night and study as long as one can I mean so the hardcore people go till daybreak you know 5 o'clock in the morning I try to do that but you can stay as long as you want we're starting at 10.30 but at midnight 10.30 is more social learning you know peer learning and we have text for everyone to use with a friend or with, with, with anybody with a small group um, but at midnight, I'll be giving a lecture, The Glass of Milk That Changed History. So we'll talk about this theme of, of dairy products on, on Shavuot then. But one thing I want to highlight right now, and that is when you look... So we, you know, if, if we are familiar with the holiday of Shavuot, we know that it's associated with the anniversary of the giving of the Torah at Sinai. However, if you look in Torah itself, you'll find something fascinating. There is no mention of Shavuot being the anniversary of the giving of the Torah at Sinai. Conspiracy, little conspiracy going on here. There's zero mention 
zero mention of this holiday having that theme. And to demonstrate, let's read some texts. Okay, we have a bunch of texts over here. Um, Steve, please get us started in the books, page 106. We're going to start with a discussion of the other holidays. This is Passover and this is Sukkot. We're going to start with that, with that discussion, and then in the, in, in the twos, we're going to get into this upcoming holiday, the holiday of Shavuot. Take it away. And you shall watch over the over-leavened cakes, for on the, uh, this very day I have taken your legions out of the land of Egypt, and you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting statue. Okay, so the Torah says in Exodus that why are we celebrating Passover? This is a Passover reference. Why are we celebrating Passover? to celebrate, to commemorate the day that, as God says, I have taken your legions out of the land of Egypt. In other words, commemorating the Exodus. Fairly simple. Steve, please continue text 1b. For a seven-day period you shall live in booths. Every resident among the Israelites shall live in booths or uh, in, in order that your ensuing generation should know that I had the children of Israel live in booths when I took them out of the land of Egypt. I am God, your God. Only Jews will celebrate living in booths. It's like, ah, oh, God put us in booths. Ah, oh, it's a holiday. That's it. Forget about it. Let's go crazy with this. Anyway, look, that's the holiday of Sukkot. The booths translation is of the Hebrew word Sukkot. So the holiday of Sukkot, which happens in the fall. Passover, we know what happens in the spring. In the fall, we have Sukkot. What is Sukkot commemorating? It's commemorating the fact that when we left Egypt and we're wandering for 40 years, we lived in tents, in huts, with uh, miraculous protection, etc. And thus, and thus, and thus, we commemorate God's protection by putting ourselves out there, becoming a little more vulnerable and living outside amongst the elements, or at least eating outside amongst the elements. And we build a sukkah, and it's beautiful, and it's nice, and reminds us that God is watching us and protecting us. Okay, so, each, so the holidays, there are three major holidays. Passover, Sukkot, and Shavuot, which is coming up again. These are three, the three anchor holidays of the year. And, and each, the other two have a theme. However, Shavuot, we'll see, doesn't have a theme. Oh, I should mention this. Every holiday of these three holidays is associated with an agricultural dimension. So in, in the correct order, Passover is when the food in the fields begins to grow in the land of Israel. That's when growing season is. Shavuot, which is upcoming now, which is this time of year, is when they begin to harvest the food in the field. So they begin to cut, right? And then Sukkot is when they gather in from the field. I don't know if they still do this today. I'm not, it's been a while since I've been on a farm or have seen the Barney episode of Barney on the farm with my kids. It's been a few years. However, back in ancient Israel, here's what they would do. They would cut the grain this time of year. So it would grow Passover time, springtime. This time of year, they would cut it. They would leave it in the fields all summer to dry out. Before the rainy season, they would bring it in. And that's right about the fall when Sukkot is. So interestingly enough, the Torah does speak about the, um, the agricultural connection with the holidays, that it celebrates, in a sense, it's celebrating food. I know it's shocking that Jewish holidays would celebrate food, but it's growing. We've cut it, and we're gathering it into the house or into the silos. This, these are the, the, the anchor periods. But in addition to that meaning of the holidays, we also have the theme of Exodus, the theme of 
divine protection booths, tents, whatever it is, in the wilderness. And Shavuot, we thought it was about the giving of the Torah at Sinai. However, as we'll see soon, we have seven, hold on, A, B, C, one, two, three, four, five. We have five different uh, mentions of this holiday, Shavuot, in the Torah, and none mention the Torah. Text 2A, Allison. Sorry, from the morrow of the rest day from the day. Yeah, it doesn't really make uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, you bring the Omer? Omer. Omer. Uh, as a wave offering, seven weeks, they shall be complete. You shall count until the day after the seventh week, namely the 50th day, on which you shall bring a new meal offering to God. Okay, so this is a reference to starting to count the days after the first day of Passover. You count seven weeks, i.e. 49 days, and on the 50th day, boom, you have a new holiday, which is Shavuot. So Saturday night will be 50 days since Passover. Exactly 50 days, and that's why we celebrate. But you notice what wasn't mentioned here? I mean, you know now, I've already told you a bunch of times. Torah, huh? Milk. <laughs> well, milk also, right? But the Torah, this, this whole notion that that's the day that we celebrate the giving of the Torah. If you don't mind, do, do text B as well. And the festival of the harvest, Shavuot, the first fruits of your labors, which you will sow in the field, and the festival of the ingathering, Sukkot, at the departure of the year, when you gather in the products of your labors from the field. So here we have the Torah in Exodus telling us that, when, that you harvest the, the, the grains and the crops, Shavuot, you cut it this time of year. And when do you gather it in? Sukkot. But again, there's no mention that this holiday coming up has to do with the Sinai um, anniversary. Text to C, please. Again, another quote from Exodus. These are all, these five texts are all the only, the only mentions of this holiday in Torah. And again, it's all about the agricultural element of it, or 50 days from Passover. There's no mention of Torah. Text 2D, let's, let's pass the torch to Rosita. Please read text 2D, page 109. On the day of the first fruits, when you offer up a new meal offering to God on your festival of weeks, Shavuot, it shall be a holy convocation for you, and you shall not perform any mundane work. Great, so now we have a holy convocation, Batman, but now what? So that's, that's all we got, but we have again no mention of, Torah, of, of, of the anniversary of Torah. We have the festival of weeks, it's called that because it's seven weeks. 49 days, the 50th day after Passover, so it's called Shavuot, which literally means weeks. So it's the festival of weeks. We've counted a bunch of weeks, and now we're ready to roll. But what are we rolling? What's the holiday about, and what's it for? All we have is the agricultural mention. And one more, please. Text to E. You shall count seven weeks for yourself from the time that... Is that... Sickle. 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 It's first put to the standing crop. You shall begin to count seven weeks. And you shall perform the festival of weeks, Shavuot, to God, your God, the donation you can afford to give according to how God, your God, shall bless you. And you shall rejoice before God, your God, you and your son and your daughter and your manservant and your maidservant and the, Le and the Levite who is within your cities and the stranger uh, and the orphan and the widow who are among you in the place which God, your God, would choose to establish his name therein. 
and you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt, and you shall keep and perform these statutes. Yeah, always the Exodus. We're always throwing that in there. Hey, don't forget that, by the way. Not really, not really related, but don't forget you were a slave at one point. It is actually interesting because the Torah does say that when we celebrate the holiday, we should be as inclusive as possible. So it's not only you and your family, but it's also your manservant, your maidservant, the Levite who's within your city, the stranger, orphan, widow. Everyone should celebrate. Don't make this exclusive. Don't forget anyone behind. You know, if you have festival foods, um, invite someone over. Make sure that that, that everyone's celebrating, etc. So it's it's a beautiful thing. Remember, you were slave in Egypt. Maybe, maybe some commentaries explain that the the the. Um, the implication being, don't leave someone else behind or push someone else out or distance someone, etc. Well, another that just it keeps coming up for me is, is that well, how exactly did you get to Egypt in the first place? And that might be another reason to remember Egypt. In other words, don't take for granted that it grows and you can harvest right. it and that you can gather it in because there are multiple things that can happen each way along the way. And so to me, it would speak to Hashem's providence that he is protecting us, he is providing for us, and that we should remember because how we got in Egypt is when all that quit in the land of Canaan and you know, through Joseph, that's right. how we all got down to Egypt. Through the famine, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Comes full circle. All right, good. But again, the point of, of all of these texts is to demonstrate that every single mention of this upcoming holiday in Torah lacks any mention of the anniversary of Sinai. Now, we know that it's the anniversary of Sinai. The question is, why isn't it mentioned? Now, the question becomes even more, um, even more enhanced when you consider the falling. The falling is going to be a little bit technical, but it's okay. We like technical. Okay, so let me explain. The Jewish calendar is super, super unique and a little bit complicated. So the, the calendar that we use in the United States, the Gregorian calendar, it's fairly easy to figure out. It goes by the solar year. We know the solar year is exactly 365 and a quarter days. That's how long the whole cycle thing takes, the solar cycle, right? Or the, okay, so it's 365 and a quarter days, and you divide that into... 12 months, and you get, what, 30 days, 31 days. You average it out, that's what you get, and you have, you know, the 30 days has blah, 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 that, that kid's thing. Okay, fine, so that's how it works. The Jewish calendar is a little bit different. Jewish calendar doesn't go by the year, it's centered around the month. So the Jewish calendar is not really um, year-centric, it's really month-centric, because it's based on the moon. And the cycle of the moon is not an annual cycle, it's a 20, 29 and a half day cycle. The moon cycle is 29 and a half days. So the year cycle, the solar annual cycle is 365 and a quarter. The monthly lunar cycle is 29 and a half, which is why the Jewish months either have 29 days or 30 days. So you're trying to average it, it's 29 and a half days. So some will have 29, some will have 30. Now, if you, have, um, if you have 12 months of 29 and a half days, so if you do 29 and a half times 12, you only end up with 354 days for a year. In other words, if you do 12 of those units of lunar months, you only get 354 days, which is 11 days shy of your solar year. So if you started, 
if you set a starting point, English date and Hebrew and Jewish date, the same, same day, and you did a year, so the Jewish, the Jewish year is going to end earlier, so we add in an extra, every few years we add an extra month, which is called the Jewish leap year, to kind of even things out so that the Jewish year is somewhat aligned. The, the lunar Jewish year is aligned with the solar year as well so that the holidays fall out in the right seasons and things are not creeping up and creeping up and creeping up. Because if, it, if we didn't do that leap year, then what would happen is Passover would get 11. Passover would fall. If, let's say Passover year one is April 1st. Well, year two, it's 11 days earlier. It's now in March. And then the next year, it's in earlier March, and then February, and then, and then you're celebrating Passover in December. Mm-hmm. And that's not right. Why is it not right? Because the Torah says that Passover is meant to be celebrated in the spring, Chodesh Aviv. So we have to reconcile the lunar, 12-month lunar cycle with a solar cycle of 365 days. So the Jewish calendar is really unique in that it's both a lunar and a solar hybrid. And, I mean, hybrids are in anyway. I mean, everyone's into hybrids. Correct. And Ramadan, yeah, and it always moves. You could have Ramadan in the summer, you could have it in the winter. Exactly, because they go strictly by the lunar and they don't reconcile it. Exactly. Jewish. We always reconcile. Because the Torah says one of the main main indications is because the Torah says that Passover should be celebrated in the spring. So that that was an indication right away. We gotta we gotta justify it. So it's actually a very elaborate algorithm. It's not every three years do you add it, because like three years would be 33 days up. So you bump it off now 30 days, but you're still up by three days. So it's not a perfect thing. So it's really a, a cycle of like 17 or 19 years. And there's a, a number of like seven out of 19 years are leap years. It's a, it's a complicated formula, but it works now. But here's the, here's the interesting thing. Back in the day, before they had a, a published written calendar, so they would base the calendar on eyewitness testimony. The high court in Jerusalem would wait on Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh is the first day of the Jewish month. For eyewitness testimony, i.e. two people to show up to court and say, we saw the new moon. We saw the first little crescent of the, and and now it's the beginning of the new month, right? the, the, the Jewish month goes by the lunar cycle, which is 29 and a half days. But, but how does it work? The beginning of the month is when the moon first reemerges. The 14th or 15th of the month, right, right in the middle of the month, is when the moon is a full moon. So if you're a werewolf, it's easy to be a werewolf if you have a Jewish calendar because you know every 15th of the month is when you're, is when you're rocking and rolling. Werewolves, like, like the moon, am I wrong here? I'm, thank you. All right. Teen wolf, etc. fine. And then the end of the month is when, again, the moon has, quote-unquote, disap- not exactly, not literally disappeared, but at least from our vision, it's, uh, it's somewhat vanished. Okay, but again, how did they, how did they figure out the calendar? I'm sure they, they, they could have figured it out with calculations, but the way they did it was they waited for the testimony. And if no one showed up, look, Rosh Chodesh, again, a month could be either 29 days or 30 days. So there's like one or, the, new, the next month could either be on day 30, because you've made the previous month only 29 days, or it could be the day after day 30, i.e. The, you with me on this? Yeah. Yes, okay, all right. And they used to wait for testimony. And so the months could either be 29 or 30 days, depending on when the witnesses showed up. And if they, by the way, if they didn't show up 
after day 30, it was automatically day one. It's not like we're gonna make a month go 40 days because it's been, no, no, no. If it's, if it's cloudy, yeah, if it's cloudy, it's not like, folks, we got a 40 day month. It's, it's crazy, this moon is like not reemerging. No, they knew when it was. The question is, are we doing 29 or 30 days? They would base it on, on the witness testimony. Fine. All right, good. Here's the interesting thing. If you count, okay, let me break this down. Passover is always the 15th day of the month of Nisan. It's always 15 Nisan. Full moon Nisan is Passover. Good. How many months, sorry, how many days is the month of Nisan? Well, it could either be 29 or 30 days. Back in the day. Now it's set. We know that, um, I think Nisan is, well, Nisan and Iyar are, those, are the two months, right? Nisan and Iyar. So one of them is 29, one of them is 30. But Sukhazan, but theoretically they could, theoretically back in the day, they could have been both 29 days, Sukhazan, both 29 days, or they could have been both 30 days. Are you with me? They could have theoretically been, now, depending on that, if it's 29 or 30 days, or some combination of the two, will determine which day of the month of Sivan Shavuot falls out on. Again, I want to make sure this is very, very simple. I mean, very, very clear. 50 days. Passover, you count 50 days. That's our next, that's this holiday coming up, Shavuot. 50 days. It's the only holiday in the Jewish calendar that does not have a, a designated date. It doesn't say on the sixth day of Sivan. It says 50 days from Passover. You know why? Because 50 days from Passover could either be the sixth of Sivan or the fifth or the seventh depending on how many days the other two intervening months had. If they both had 29 days, it's the 7th of Sivan. If they both had 30 days, it's the 5th of Sivan. If one had 29 and one had 30, it's the 6th. You with me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Today, the calendar is set. We don't have a high court in Jerusalem. We haven't had it for 1,500, 1,800 years. So for the last little bit, we've been operating by a calendar that's already figured out the calculations to the end of time. It's like an algorithm, it just keeps on going. So we, we, we know when, when everything is going to be. And we know, and it's set, that one of the months, Nisan and Ir, one of them are 30 days, one of them are 29 days, and Shavuot always falls out on the sixth day of Sivan. So Sunday, this Sunday, spoiler alert, is the sixth day of Sivan. First day of Shavuot, sixth day of Sivan. But again, back in the day, it was possible that Shavuot, the 50th day, could either be the fifth, the sixth, or the seventh. Here's the amazing thing. The anniversary of the giving of the Torah was, the Torah was given on the sixth day of Sivan. Shavuot could be on a different day. Remember I said that Shavuot in the Torah is not specified that it's connected with the giving of the Torah? And not only that, this was all a setup for the next question, right? Not only that, not only is it not specified in Torah that it's connected, it's possible that the two dates don't even align. It's possible that Shavuot the seven weeks, i.e. the 50th day, is the fifth day of Sivan. Back in the day, at least it was possible, in the times of the temple. Possible that they celebrate the holiday on the fifth of Sivan, Shavuot, and the anniversary of Ma'an Torah, the giving of the Torah at Sinai, could have been the next day, or it could have been the day before and the day after Shavuot. This is specified and clarified in a text in the Code of Jewish Law, authored by the founder of Chabad of the Alter Rebbe, text number three. Dr. Maxi, please read this one. The 
50th day of the Omer count is the festival of Shavuot, referred to as Atzeret in the vernacular of the sages. As it says, you shall count until 50 days and offer up, and you shall designate on this very day a holy occasion. According to the method of calculating the months that has been handed down to us, in which Nisan is always a complete 30 days, and ER always an incomplete 29 days, this festival will be on the 6th of Sivan, since the days of the counting begin on the 16th of Nisan. Therefore, there are 15 days to the 16th, from the 16th to the end of that month, then 29 days for Ayar and 6 days for Sivan, which makes 50 days. Therefore, in the liturgy on Shavuot, we say the time of the giving of our Torah, Zimin Matan Torotainu, since the Torah was given to Israel on the 6th of Sivan. Uh, Sivan. However, when they would sanctify and determine the length of the months based on eyewitness testimony, it was possible for Nisan to be shorter than 30 days, in which case Shavuot, the 50th day of the Omer, would be on the 7th day of Sivan. If both Nisan and Ayar were 30 days, then Shavuot, the 50th day of the Omer, would be on the 5th of Sivan. Even though this wouldn't be the day of Matan Torah, it does not matter since scripture did not fix this festival to the day of Matan Torah or to give or to a given day of the month, but only to the 50th day of the Omer. It is only in the following, it is only in following the traditional calculations that the 50th day is always on the 6th of Sivan, which is the day of Matan Torah. Thus we now say Zeman Matan Torah Tainu on the 50th day of the Omer, since for us it is the 6th of Sivan, and the Torah was given on the 6th of Sivan. Hope that made sense, right? So in other words, today, now that we have a calculation, we have a calendar that's set, so it's not up for, you know, negotiation. It's not up for, like, go this way or that way. We know that Nisan is always 30 days. Ear is always 29 days. So you, you run the numbers. You count 50 days. It's always going to end up 6th of Sivan. So now we align Shavuot, which is the festival of the 50th day. And that aligns with the time of the giving of the Torah, which is why we combine both themes. And we say that what is Shavuot, the, the anniversary of the giving of the Torah, because it aligns. But back in the day, it's possible that they would celebrate Shavuot one day, and the next day, or the day before, would be the anniversary of the giving of the Torah. In other words, although for most of us, we naturally associate Shavuot. Remember I did the word association? It seems like ages ago, right? What is Passover? What is Sukkot? What is... Um, Hanukkah, what is, uh, I, didn't, I don't know if I did Shavuot, uh, Sukkot, but whatever, what is Hanukkah, what is, what is Rosh Hashanah, what is Shavuot? The day the Torah was given, not so fast, not so fast. Shavuot is the 50th day. We don't even know what it's about, maybe an agricultural thing. The Torah was given on the sixth day of Sivan. It, it's not necessarily connected with Shavuot. And the question is, what's going on? Like, what, is that all, what does all that mean? Why is it not connected with the holiday? And why doesn't the Torah mention that Shavuot is associated with this holiday? And why are we having a holiday like a day before, a day after the anniversary? Can't we just make this work? What's going on here? Why does it seem to be so like wishy-washy? Or so, I don't know if that's the right word, but so like uh, imprecise with this, with this scheduling. We have more questions. And, and we're about to call into question what we just said. Because we just said that we know that the Torah was given on the sixth day of Sivan 3,331 years ago. However, 
Here's the insider scoop. That is the subject of a Talmudic dispute. The Talmud cites two opinions. Shocker, I know, I know it's a total surprise. The Talmud cites one opinion of the majority of the sages that say indeed the Torah was given on the sixth day of Sivan in the year 2448 from the Jewish count of, of, of years. However, Rabbi Yossi, who we're going to read soon in text number five, Rabbi Yossi says, no, I disagree. The Torah was not given on the sixth. It was given on the seventh. I'll ask a simple question. How do we not know this? How do we not know this? We know that Rosh Hashanah is the first day of Tishrei. We know that Yom Kippur is the 10th. We know that Sukkot is the 15th of Tishrei. We know that Passover is the 15th of Nisan. We know all these things. How is it that when it comes to the day that the Torah was given, which you would think, given that everything else is found in Torah, literally that book that we're, or that law that we're celebrating the anniversary of the giving of that thing, you would think that we'd be a little bit a, a, more, we'd be very aware of when it was given. When did we stand at Sinai and hear the Ten Commandments from God? It was a big moment. What, we all forgot? Like, what's going on? The reason why we're not sure is because the Torah doesn't give the date. Incredibly, the Torah gives the date for all other holidays. Are you getting the sense that this holiday is a bit neglected? Yes. Right? And I don't think neglected is the right word. But it doesn't cite a theme. It could be mismatched. You could have a, a holiday and another commemoration, different days. And we don't even know the date that the, when the Torah was given. Right? A lot of, quite, a lot of like, strange elements over here. We don't know the date that the Torah was given because the Torah itself doesn't tell us. Take a look at text number four. David. In the third of the month of the children of Israel's departure from Egypt, on this day they arrived in the desert of Sinai. The Torah tells us one date marker when it comes to the giving of the Torah at Sinai, at Mount Sinai. It tells us one date. It says, in the third month, Okay, so again, third month from the Exodus. So we have Nisan was the Exodus, Er, Sivan. Okay, so that's this month. That's the month we're in right now. So the third month, okay, good. Um, from when they left Egypt, Nisan, right? Okay, third month. On this day, wow, they're so dramatic with the air conditioning of that. It seemed like very foreboding. It, the Torah says in the third month, on this day, the Jewish people, the children of Israel, arrived in the Sinai Desert. So I'll ask you a question. Which day? The third month on this day? Which day? You gave me a month, you didn't give me a day. The third month on this day they arrived. Oh, that's super clear. Yeah. So like I tell you, so I was, um, I was traveling and it was December and on this day we arrived at, uh, I don't know, San Diego. Right? Which day? This day. Which day? Super unclear. It's because of this ambiguity that we have a dispute in the Talmud about when exactly the Torah was given at uh, Mount Sinai. Take a look at text number five. Israel, huh? So Israel, Israelite, they got out of Egypt. Yeah. And the 15th of... 15th day of, of, of Nisan. Nisan. So right. No, 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 no. It says in the third month after their departure from Egypt. Oh, you're saying it should be exactly three months. So you're saying it should be the 15th of Sivan. <laughs> the commentary zones, I mean, that's not, that's not the way it's understood. I mean, the quite, but, but it is a little bit open. Now, I hear what you're saying. Because it is left open for interpretation. It doesn't say. It says in the third month. It doesn't say exactly three months day, day to day. It says the third month. But again, which day? 
It doesn't say, oh, and by the way, that's when they arrived at Mount Sinai. The Torah then, the narrative continues to say that God spoke to Moses and Moses went up the mountain and there was a whole, a whole back and forth for a few days. But again, it's not specified what day it started, when did they arrive at Mount Sinai, right? What day did that start and how many days did it take for the preparation? Take a look at text number five. The Talmud helps us fill this in. David, please read. What is that, page 114 or 113? 114. 114? All right, 114 in the book. Our sages told, on the sixth days, day of the month, Sivan, the Ten Commandments were given to Israel. Rabbi Joseph maintained, on the seventh day, on the seventh day of, uh, said, Said? No, said. <laughs> said Rabbi. All agree that they arrived in the desert on the first of the month. For here it is written, on this day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. While elsewhere it is written, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months, just as the is meant the first of the month. So here too, the first of the month, it says, it says the word this. It says they came on this day to, to, to the Sinai Desert. And then in, elsewhere it says this should be the first of the months, Rosh Chodesh. So just like the this there in the other context was the first of the month. So this here in Sinai means the first of, first of the third month of Siva. Continue, please. Also, all agree that the Torah was given to Israel on Shabbat. For here it is written, remember the Shabbat day to keep it holy. While elsewhere it is written, and Moses said unto the people, remember this day, just as there he spoke on that very day, so too here it was on that very day. So the remember, remember. So there it says remember about Shabbat, and here it says remember standing at Sinai, so just like remember the Shabbat is about Shabbat, so th remember this day of Sinai means that they, it, it happened on Shabbat as well. Continue. Well, they differ is on the fixing of the month. Rabbi Joseph maintains that the new month was fixed on Sunday. And on that day, Moses said nothing to them on account of their uh, exhaustion from the journey. On Monday, he said to them, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. On Tuesday he informed them of the order to set boundaries, and on Wednesday they separated themselves from their wives. But the rabbis disagree, rabbis disagree, and maintain that the new month was fixed on Monday, and on that day he said nothing to them on account of their exhaustion from the journey. On Tuesday he said to them, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. On Wednesday he informed them of the order to set boundaries, and on Thursday he separated themselves. Okay, so we can stop here because we're getting a, a good sense of what the machloket, or what the dispute is about. So the question is, everyone agrees that there was a number of days from when they arrived at, at, at Mount Sinai to when the actual experience of Sinai happened and when they got the Ten Commandments. And everyone says it was multiple days after. The question is, well, what day of the week did they arrive? Was it on a Sunday or on a Monday? If they arrived on a Sunday, then 
The Torah was given on a Saturday. It means seven days later, so it's the seventh of Sivan. If they arrived on a Monday, which is day one of the month, of the new month, then it means um, the, sixth, the sixth day of the month was the Saturday, and that's when the anniversary of Torah is. That is, that latter opinion is the majority of the sages, and that's what we go by. So the way Shavuot is fixed in our calendar is it's the sixth day of Sivan. That's the way it is in Israel. That's the way it is in the diaspora. Here we have two days of the holiday, but that's for something else. That's just because we like to have two days instead of one because, hey, if it was good the first day, if the cheesecake was good the first day, we're going at it again the second day. Okay, so, that, so here we have, in short, the machloket, the, the dispute amongst the sages as to when this actually happened, what day of the month, sixth or seventh day of Sivan. And again, I'll ask the same question. And that is, how do we not know how do we not? How is this not recorded somewhere? Why doesn't the Torah tell us? It says on that, on that day or on this day they arrived in the Sinai Desert. Just tell us what was the day? What was the day of the week? Give us give us something. Well, not only that, but even when you get to the Hak Torah, a lot of times you have references back to the Torah in the Hak. Nothing. Torah. But there's nothing in the no Hak scripture. Torah I mean, scripture no doesn't in help us with this. There's no place in Scripture, not in the five books, not in the other books, that, that give us, scripturally, that pinpoint the date, and which is why it's open for debate in the Talmud. The Talmud's like, we've got to figure this out. When was this? We have two opinions. Shocking there's not more. But we have two opinions, right? And now the question is as follows. Number one, we're building the questions. I have one more question, and then we're going to start getting to answers. So again, all the questions we have up until now are as follows. Number one. What is Shavuot? Ah, the anniversary of the Torah, giving of the Torah at Sinai. I don't think so. You look in Torah, and every time it says Shavuot, it talks about the harvest, the agricultural element. It doesn't mention Torah. Moreover, it could be that the sixth day of Sivan, which is, according to most opinions, the anniversary of the giving of the Torah, is not actually the day of Shavuot, back in the day when they used to assign the, um, the months based on, based on eyewitness testimony. It could be that it, the Shavuot, the 50th day after Passover, could follow the 5th, the 6th, or the 7th, which means it wouldn't align. Second question. Third question is, why is it that we don't even know when the Torah was given? If it was indeed the sixth, as is the majority opinion, or like this other opinion says, it was the seventh, why isn't it specified? And the last question we're going to ask, we'll be all here all night asking questions. We have to get to some responses and some amazing things, including time travel. Um, the, you'll see what I mean. No DeLoreans necessary for this one. Um, my 80s references are very strong. They are. They're good. I very like strong. Okay. So... Um, the last question we're going to ask is, every holiday is associated with a mitzvah. Mitzvah. Not just a food. A food also. And Shavuot has that strong as well. Shavuot has the dairy stuff. It's rocking that theme. No other holiday has the dairy theme. Shavuot's like, we got this. We got this. We're going to go all out with, with the dairy stuff. So it has the food down, but, but a mitzvah doesn't have. Rosh Hashanah. Give me a mitzvah. Rosh Hashanah. Shofar. Yom Kippur, what's a mitzvah that we do? Fast. Fast, right? Sukkot, what do we do? Build a sukkah, sit in it, eat in it, shake the Lubin Esrog. Um, Purim, we read the Megillah. Passover, we eat matzah, have a seder, right? Every holiday is associated with a mitzvah. So here's a simple question. What mitzvah is Shavuot associated with? And I'll here's a hint. Not just what do we do and how do we commemorate, but is there a thing that we do on that day that we say a blessing about? You know what the answer is? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, we read the Torah, we read the Ten Commandments, but that's not a mitzvah. Yeah. That's not a biblical commandment. 
That's what we do. We do that every Shabbat. You don't say, blessed are you, Lord our God, who has given us the commandment to honor Shavuot with the reading of the Ten Commandments. We don't do that because God never said to do that. Look in Torah, it's not there. God says, eat matzah, blow the shofar, fast on Yom Kippur, etc. Never says anything about this holiday. And the question again is, why? What is going on here? There's something amiss, something strange, something, uh, something like... I'm going to give you a perspective... Going to present an answer, perspective, which is going to answer all the questions and many more. And then I want to get even deeper. So here's the perspective. Remember when the Torah told us that the Jewish people arrived at the, at, at the Sinai Desert and it was very ambiguous? Do you remember what exact language it used when it referred to the day that they arrived there? What was it called? What was the exact phraseology? Look look it up. You don't have to remember by heart. Text number four. It's not a pop quiz. Pull out your number two pencils. Right. Text number four, page 113. In the third month of the children. Okay, that's the month. But what day? What day? How's the day? This day. This day. In the Hebrew, it's Bayom Hazeh. Not on that day, but rather on this day. You know you can say that or this? Right. In Hebrew, it's Bayom Hahu, that day. Or by Yom Hazeh, this day. What's the difference between that and this? Close distance or closeness? That day is somewhere else. It's not here. This day is this day right here. So the commentaries tell us something beautiful. Rashi. I think we're up to me. I'll read this. Text 8. Oh, I love this Rashi. Rashi, the primary biblical commentary. Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki, a rock star. Listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. He lived a thousand years ago. He says, on this day on the new moon, in other words, Rosh Chodesh, the first of the month, it could, have only, it could have said only on that day. Why does it say, what is the meaning of on this day? Aha! The message is that the words of the Torah shall be new to you as if they were given today. In other words, the Torah says that when did the Jewish people arrive at Sinai? Today. Which today? Today, 3,000 years ago? No, today. 2019, right? I'm stuck in Hebrew calendar mode. Right, 2019. On, help me out here, what's today's date? The 6th? 5th. 5th. June 5th, 2019. There's a, there's a dispute in the Talmud. One person says today is the 5th. One person says it's the 6th. I'm joking, I'm joking. Because right? people at Normandy tomorrow. They, they, they know, right. Um, so today is the 5th, correct? The 5th of June. June, the Ides... Ides is the fifth? No, Cinco. Cinco? Cinco de Juno. De Juno? Junio. Junio? You say that like you're a <laughs> Right? The fifth of June. Right? Fifth of June. The Torah tells us that when you read this in Torah, and you read the words, by Yom Hazebo Midbar Sinai, today they came, this day they came to Sinai Desert. Why? Because it's meant to impress upon us that today... You and I are getting the Torah anew. In other words, it should be to us like the Torah is fresh and new. You know when you start something new, you're very excited about it? And then you know like it totally, the excitement fizzles? Mm -hmm. The message is that we're meant to to, um, relate to Torah in such such an excited way that it always should be fresh and always should be new. Now it takes work, it takes work to keep a relationship, anything new and fresh and exciting. Right? 
That's, that's what it is. That's what it takes. That's what we're demanded. In other words, we are, the Torah says, we're not, oh, listen to this. I'm not going to tell you the date that you got the Torah. Why? We just answered all the questions. You know why there's no date? You know why there's no date in Torah? Because then you would have said, Torah was given, 6 of Sivan, 2448. Torah says, I'm not giving you a date. The Talmud, let the rabbis, you know, knock themselves out and discuss dates. The Torah says, I'm not giving you a date. Because I told you a date already. Today. today. What do you mean today? I want to know what's the end of, when did it happen? It's happening today. That's your perspective. You have to look at it as though today you're getting it. At Mount Sinai, from God, excited and fresh and new and relevant and amazing. It's not stale. Hamantashen on sale from Purim. It's clearance section in the aisle of Kroger or whatever it is, marked down to 50 cents. That's not what this is. This is not a stale hamantashen or like frozen latkes with frost with, with a freezer burn thing on it. With the, you pull them out and they're like all white. Like what happened there? Sorry, I've been burned by these things before. Right? It's not that. It's fresh today. And that's why the Torah doesn't tell us a date. That's why there's no mitzvah. You know why? You know what a mitzvah means? It's a symbol. There's a commemoration, and to commemorate, we need a symbol. The Torah says, what do you need a symbol for? You need a symbol when the thing is distant, and you're trying to have a symbol to kind of like um, symbolize that thing. You're getting it today. There's no symbol. There's no mitzvah. A mitzvah is a commemoration of something that happened once upon a time. When it comes to Torah, you see, all the holidays are different. They're not about Torah. They're about a, um, a miracle, a this, a that, an exodus, a, a New Year's, whatever it is. It's about something that happened. Torah is today. That's, that's the whole point. Torah is today. It didn't happen once upon a time. It happened to, it's happening today. So there's no date. There's no mitzvah. What do you need a mitzvah for? You're getting the Torah now. What, you think that... You think that as they sit at Sinai, they're like, huh, what should we be doing to mark this? Like, I need a souvenir. You don't need a souvenir. You need a souvenir for when you get home, you buy a postcard so that later you can show someone. But when you're there, I know we live in a selfie generation, which upends all of this whole point. But notwithstanding that, you need the souvenir and the symbol and the mitzvah when you're removed from the experience, not when you're in the experience. We're meant to be in the experience. This is also why... This answers all the questions. Hold on. This is also why, again, there's no symbol. There's no date. This is also why it can be separate from, from Shavuot, which is the 50th day. Whatever. Basically, the point is it's meant to be new and fresh and not locked down to any specific date so, or time or whatever. So when is I can't, I can't, I can't tell you. It's no, we, it's today. Oh, it's thank you. It's today. Okay. However, the cheesecake is Sunday. That's all I'll say. By the way, you should know, Sunday, we're, we'll do, we're doing cheesecake and we're doing ice cream, but we have a very unique theme. I've never seen this at a Chabad. Anywhere. We haven't done it yet. First time ever. Waffle House. We're doing the Atlanta Waffle House. It's a complicated thing. On the holiday, on Shabbat we're not supposed to cook, but on the holiday we're allowed to cook. So we have waffle irons that will be ready to go on Shavuot, fresh, making fresh waffles, probably with some, some scoops of ice cream on it and, and the other stuff. Okay, but enough of the food. The point is like this. Shavuot is, yeah, of course, we're celebrating the giving of the Torah at Sinai, but the deeper message is, why, why is it so ambiguous? By design. 
By the way, where was the Torah given? I know you know Sinai. the answer. Sinai. Okay. First of all, where is Sinai? We, we don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's in the middle of a desert. It is in the middle of a desert. Why? What's the message? So that it should never be pegged as it belongs in, 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 in New York City or belongs in, in Constantinople or belongs in, uh, in Jerusalem. It doesn't belong anywhere. It belongs everywhere at every time. It's timeless. It's spaceless in a good way. In other words, it transcends time and space. It's relevant. It's modern. The message for us is not only that we should feel like God is giving us the Torah and this incredible opportunity should be fresh. All of that is true. But also, how do we relate to Torah and Judaism? Like something that's an archaic set of laws and rules and messages that doesn't relate to us or a living, breathing, incredible path and perspective in life that can recharge us and excite us and point us in a healthy direction in 2019, the fifth day of June, 2019. And the answer is the latter. I know I gave two options, but (laughs) I'm referring to the latter. Let's go a little bit deeper. That's all the first message. The second message, so again, the first message, just to clarify, is we have a lot of ambiguity surrounding this holiday. What's the theme? When was the Torah given? What's the symbolism? And the, the, the reason that we're stating, the reason, one of the reasons for this and the message for us is Torah is meant to be timeless, not, not subject to any time, not subject to any space. Torah is meant to be relevant today for us, right here, right now, in our space, um, in our lives, and we should live by it. Okay, so that's that. Next message. This gets to time travel. You know, it gets very complicated when you travel internationally. Has anyone traveled to Australia? Australia? Have you traveled to Australia? Have you cro- has anyone crossed the international dateline? Yes? Okay. So, you know, if you go west... Yeah. If you, if you go... If you go east... You lose a day or you gain a day? Yeah. You, you lose, right? No. No, you east. No, no, you're still losing because like London's... I feel like we're losing London. both ways. No, I'm kidding. No, there's yeah. one way you lose a day, one day, one way you gain a day. Yeah. Well, you, you've missed a day is the way I look at it if you cross an international date line because now all of a sudden it's whatever, 4 o'clock in the morning. But it's either, it's either later or earlier, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. If you go east, they're ahead of us in time. Yeah, but it may reset. I don't know. I've never done it. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's where it gets trippy. You guys ready for this? Remember, Sukkot, Sukkot doesn't have a calendar day. It's determined by 50 days from the day after Passover, the second day of Passover, from the 16th of Nisan. Shavuot. Shavuot is the festival of weeks. It's exactly, you count seven weeks, 49 days. The day right after that, day 50, that's the holiday. So imagine. Imagine. You're counting. Boom. Day one, day two, day three. Counting each day. Day 10. You cross the international date line. And for you, you've counted 10 days. But where you end up, they're still on day nine. It happens. 
my mother told me when she went to Japan with my father, like it was a day, and then when she crossed, like you said, a day, like it was the same day when she returned. Right, that was a quick trip. Yeah, and if you go the right way fast, you can actually re reverse aging. <laughs> yeah, younger and younger. It's amazing. Keep on gaining days. Again, again, this is, this is a well-documented halachic issue, Jewish legal issue. If you cross the date line, and again, exactly which way, we'll leave up to the experts, but one way you lose a day, in other words, one day you go a day back, and one day you go a day forward. That's the way it is with the date line. And thus, the question becomes, if you're counting, and you're up to day number 10, and you go, you cross the date line, and suddenly you're in a place where all of the locals are only up to day nine, so what do you do? How do you count? So here's how it works. Jewish law says, it's your count. You go by you, which means that you get up to day 50, and you need to celebrate Shavuot, even though the rest of the community, it's only day 49. How crazy is that? You, can, you would have to celebrate a day different than the other. And if you did it the other way, and if, let's say, you counted 10 days, and you crossed the date line the other way, and you ended up and everyone's up to day number 11, which means that when they're up to 50, you're still back at 49, they're all in synagogue eating cheesecake and blintzes and waffles, apparently, in Atlanta, and you, you are not allowed in. I'm kidding, of course you're allowed in, but it's not for you, it's not the holiday yet, right. until the next day. So here's a question, simple question. Eh. One second. All of this, all of this, is the halachic ramifications of crossing the date line, which is why Jewish legal advice is, I don't mean Jewish legal advice like, huh, you know, um, whatever. I don't mean like in the back of a bus, they have like Jewish lawyers there, uh, call Neil Flit. No, what I mean is, um, what I mean is halachic advice, right? Jewish legal advice is not to cross the date line this time of year because it's going to get complicated. So go the other way, go the long way around. Yeah, but if you do a round trip within that time. Yeah, if you lose and gain, then you're kosher, okay. yes. Then you're back to square one. But if you go and you stay one way or the other, then you're off and then it becomes very complicated and we're not supposed to put ourselves ideally ideally in that situation where we would be celebrating a day earlier, a day later than the community that we're in because that just creates all sort of awkwardness for us and for them and just it's, it's complicated. And if we can avoid that, we need to avoid that. However, what if it wasn't avoided and the person is, for them, it's day 50. Happy holiday. For everyone else, it's still 49 or vice versa for them. Let's, let's just stick with this scenario. Let's say for you, it's 50. 50 days, the Torah says, the 50 days, it's a holiday. But for them, it's only day 49. So you're celebrating the holiday, which means that you break out um, the holiday meals and you the holiday prayers. You say the holiday prayers in the Siddur. But here's the question. When you're praying in the prayers, in the holiday prayers, do you say the words that today is Zman Matan Torah the day of the giving of the Torah or not? For you, it's day 50. For everyone else, it's only day 49 or vice versa. Do you say, do you call it the day of the Torah or do you keep that silent? The answer is, the answer is, you actually do not say anything. You do not say, you're not allowed to recite those words because again, um, although for you, 
it's, um, it's the holiday. For everyone else, it's not yet the 6th of Sivan. Again, for you, you counted 50 days, but it's really, it's still the, again, for you, yeah, it, it is. But we give it a little extra oomph. That was your question, right? Although it's every day, symbolically, but in, in holiday celebration, we formally mark it once a year. And that's where the Talmud does discuss what is the year, what, what is the anniversary, what is the date, so that we can formally mark it. Even though, again, it's a formal marking that's informal because it's like we're marking it, but as we're marking it, we're saying it's really every day. But we need one day that we tell everybody it's every day. Are you with me on that? Like, you need a day to tell everybody, aha, it's not today, it's every day. Because that's what we're, like, right now we're talking about it. Because it's coming up. And it's giving us a platform to say it's every day. So you kind of need that anchor to say that it's really every day. So that's kind of the hybrid. But again, if for so you... This is more about the communal celebration of the holiday. The, the, but the exact... Um, the right. twa, exactly. that also, but the script, the text in the prayer book right. that says that today is the day of the anniversary of the giving of the Torah, even though for you it might be day 50, but if for everyone else it's day 49, which means on their calendar, in the locale that you're in, it's only the fifth day of Sivan, just because for you you have some extra day because you're some sort of time-traveling wizard, right? Nonetheless, you do not, and for you, you may be obligated to keep the holiday this day. You don't recite those words. Today is the anniversary of the giving of the Torah because it's not formally that anniversary, on a, on, again, on a formal level. Which means the following, and this is something that is absolutely amazing. What's the deal with the count anyway? What's this 49 days, 7 weeks, 49 days, and the 50 days? What, what, what's going on here? The Kabbalists explain extensively throughout Throughout the text, throughout the years, the Kabbalists explain the following. The Torah tells us that after Passover, count seven weeks. 49 days, the 50th day holiday. Why? Because we have in our personal character seven primary character traits. Love, discipline, compassion, ambition, humility, Bonding, communication, bonding slash communication, and leadership. We all have seven primary emotive qualities. These are known as the seven midot, the seven attributes of human beings. Each one of the seven is subdivided into one aspect of the other seven, which means that you can refine in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a process of personal refinement, you can work on um, your... Um, your loving kindness within loving kindness or your severity within loving kindness, etc. So you do 7 times 7, which is 49. And so thus, the 49 days of counting are not just days in which we mark off the calendar, but days in which we are striving towards self-improvement. The Kabbalists further tell us, and this is found again throughout Kabbalistic mystical Jewish literature, tell, tell us that the Torah says, count 50 days. But we don't actually count 50 days. We count 49 days. Why? Why does it say Tisperu Hamishim says count 50 days? It's count up to 50 days. But literally it says count 50 days. Because the message is that we do the work that we can on our character. And then there's an element that we can't do. In other words, there's only so much that a human being can achieve on their own. There's only so much self-improvement, character refinement, uh, enlightenment, if you will, if you want to use uh, you know, more modern age words. There's only so much enlightenment that a person can achieve on their own. After that, we hope and pray and we believe that God does the rest. We achieve 49 states of enlightenment, of improvement, 
of refinement, etc. And God brings us to the 50th level. The 50th level is the level beyond human effort. In the language of Kabbalah, 49 represents what we can achieve. 50 represents what God gets, gifts us from above. So 49 is us climbing the mountain. And 50th is God giving us a gift. Finishing the job. Giving us, it says in Kabbalah, that there's 50 chambers of Bina of understanding. And 49 chambers of understanding we can attain on our own. The 50th is so sublime and so high that it's only a gift from above. So we set ourselves up for it in a positive way, right? We, we get ourselves ready for it, and then that's what we get from on high. So now we have something incredible. A person counted 49 days. This is the, day, the time traveler, right? The date. They, tra- they, they counted 49 days. And they, let's say they worked on themselves, 49 levels of, of, of refinement. And the 50th should be this blessing from above. And they should receive this Torah, this divine gift, on day number 50. And as they're reciting the prayers, we tell them, don't say that today is the day of the Torah, the giving of the Torah. Why? Because for you it's 50 days, but for the others it's not 50 days. Which means that even though you've achieved this, you've attained it, you've, you've risen the 49 levels and you're ready for 50. 50 is not happening on your account. 50 is happening when it's ready. And this, the Rebbe says, teaches us two dimensions of Torah. One dimension is the Torah that we achieve through our efforts. We set ourselves up, we prepared, we studied, we learned, we're experiencing, we feel motivated, we feel excited, we feel enlightened, 49 days in the 50th that comes as a result. All of that is part of our efforts. But then this wrinkle in Jewish law reminds us that as much as we attain on our own work and achieve, etc., there's always a dimension of Torah and the highest dimension of Torah that just objectively is and it's not even the higher level that comes as a response to the 49 levels that we, that we achieved. This is, you, you did the 49, and for you it's 50, it's still not ready. It's going to be ready when it's ready. And this is such an empowering message in the opposite fashion. Sometimes a person feels like they didn't do the work. And I didn't, do, I didn't climb the 49 levels, so then I can't get the 50th. The message is in reverse as well. Just like you can't force the 50th, when you did prepare for it. You can't mess it up when you didn't. This is one of the most unbelievable messages in Judaism. And that is that Torah for us is available objectively with or without our preparation and our hard work. Yes, we're supposed to do it the way it's set up in the usual fashion, the normative fashion is. You count 49 days, you invest the effort, you don't travel too far, stay in the hood, Right, right. Stay, stay local. At least don't cross the date line. Day 50 comes. You get the Torah, and it's amazing. You got it every day, but now you're getting it. It's a special thing. Okay, fine. W- wonderful. That's the way it is normatively. But the wrinkle in the law, the moth is listening as well, the wrinkle in the law reminds us that sometimes you can put in all the effort, and it's still not going to happen. And sometimes you can put it's on you now. And sometimes you can put in no effort, and you get it. This is tr- the truth in life. You can work. And that's true in every area in life, in business, in relationships, in spirituality, in everything in life. You can work, 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 and not get the payoff. And sometimes, out of nowhere, due to no effort of your own, it arrives in your lap, ready to go, the blessings and everything that you needed. On Shavuot, we're reminded with this law, 
that yes, we should prepare ourselves and we should be ready for it and we should get ourselves spiritually tuned, but even if we didn't, the Torah is available for us. The Torah is our inheritance. And the language, Torah tziva lanu Moshe, morasha, kihilat Yaakov, Torah is our morasha, our inheritance means an inheritance in Jewish law can't be stopped. An inheritance is a natural result. A parent and a child have a natural connection that cannot be broken. That's the nature of connections. So no matter what happened, no matter the relationship and the ups and downs, it doesn't matter. There's an essential genetic connection that is a reality. And the Torah says, uh, and, and Judaism says that our relationship to Torah is in a similar fashion. It's a genetic, natural connection. Whatever we did, whatever we didn't do, we're connected. You can't force it early. You can't break it either. It's there for the taking. May we all experience a, may we all experience an uplifting Shavuot in which we connect with the experience. And I'll conclude with the, the Hasidic, the traditional Hasidic blessing. And I'll first say it in Hebrew, Kabbalat HaTorah B'Simcha U'Bepnimiyut. And in the English, it means may we accept the Torah or receive the Torah once again this year with joy and with bepnimiyut. How would you translate that? Inside, internal, 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 sincere, in a deep way, not in a superficial and shallow way, but in a real way. It should be real, but it should be first and foremost with joy and with love. It's not a burden. It's an amazing thing. It's like the little baby bird that says to its, to its mother, Oh, yeah, I got these things growing. I can't walk anymore. I got these heavy things on my back. And the mother says, it's not a burden. It's wings that can allow you to soar. This is what we have. We have the greatest gift that's ever been given. Let us realize it. Let us use it. Let us appreciate it. Happy Shavuot, everyone. Thank you for joining me tonight. Internally, will be the word.